Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 1 to 6. Jeremiah chapter 31, beginning to read at verse 1. At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they will be my people. This is what the Lord says. The people who survive the sword will find favour in the wilderness. I will come to give rest to Israel. The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I will build you up again, and you, virgin Israel, will be rebuilt. Again, you will take up your timbrels and will go out to dance with the joyful. Again, you will plant vineyards on the hills of Samaria. The farmers will plant them and enjoy their fruit. There will be a day when the watchmen cry out on the hills of Ephraim, Come, let us go up to Zion, to the Lord our God. The second reading is from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 to 12. That's Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wandering about, this, suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away, wondering to himself, what has happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, earlier I gave you a clue-finding challenge. Hopefully you found all of the clues. Now there's time for another one. Uh, I'm going to give you a few moments to look back at the passage from Luke chapter 24 and see if you can find the six clues that Luke gives us to let us know that Jesus really is alive. Can you find them? Off you go. Thank you. 
Well, I wondered if you spotted them. Uh, let's have a look at them together. The first one is the women. We're told uh, that the women are the people who come to find their tomb, first of all. Now, that might seem like a bit of an odd clue. Why is that important? Well, it really is, because in those days, the word of a woman wasn't taken as seriously as a man. I know, right? Crazy. But God wanted it to be the women who were the ones who saw and testified to the fact that Jesus was alive, first of all. That's clue number one. They're the first ones to see, hear and spread the news. The second one is the stone. The women arrived expecting the tomb to be sealed. They'd taken their spices to anoint the body, but I don't know how they thought they were going to get in because the stone was huge. I mean, this isn't that huge, is it? But there's only so big a stone I can fit in my house. But if I bring it closer, maybe you can imagine this massive stone moving away. The stone was moved and the women could see into the tomb. The big stone was there because the religious leaders and the Roman authorities wanted to make sure that no one was getting in and no one was getting out. But the stone had moved. Clue number two. Well, the third thing was that it wasn't just that the stone was moved. It was that the tomb was empty. There was nothing there. I mean, it was where the body should be. It was where he had been laid. And yet it was empty. An open and an empty tomb. These are pretty big clues. That's clue number three. But there was more. Because it wasn't just that. So when the women were there, they saw two men who were standing there. And we're told that they were in gleaming clothes. Probably way more impressive than the one I've got here. Uh, and these were men that the women weren't used to seeing. And the women wanted to know, what were they doing here? Well, have a look down at verses five and six. And we hear their message why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. The men tell the women that there's a reason why the stone is moved. There's a reason why the tomb is empty. Jesus has risen. But there's still more. That's only clue number four. They also tell the women about Jesus's words. It's not just the men who speak, but they say, remember what Jesus said? Jesus told you this would happen. It shouldn't be a surprise. Remember how he told you when he was still with you this would happen? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Jesus had told them that this was going to happen. Clue number five. And clue number six? Well, clue number six were the strips of linen. This was really important because a body would have been wrapped in strips like this. A living body... A human living person didn't need them. It was evident that Jesus didn't need them anymore. He wasn't dead. He was alive. Six clues. The women who witnessed it. The moved stone. Nobody. The angels. Jesus's words and grave clothes no longer needed. Six clues that Luke has given us to help us to see. He wants us to know that the resurrection is really true. So I've just been searching for those clues that Sarah set us and Luke was a really good detective and in the passage that we have he wants us to relive the investigation with him. He wants us to walk through those details and see what it was that the followers of Jesus found on that first Easter morning. Do you remember there were six 
clues that uh, Sarah has just explained to us and taken us through. The first were the women who arrived that uh, first morning, that's Easter Sunday morning. Uh, second, the stone, that great stone that had been moved away from the entrance uh, to the tomb. Third, the body that had been taken uh, and wasn't there. Fourth, the angels uh, who announced what had happened and that Jesus uh, was now risen. Uh, then fifth, there were Jesus' own words and what he had said would happen to him and that he would be raised. And then sixth, the clothes, the, the grave clothes that Peter finds there uh, just lying by themselves. Luke gives us these details, these clues, and he wants us to ask the question, can the resurrection be true? Could it possibly be real and true? When you think about it for a moment, some of those clues are really important ones. Why would Luke tell us that the women had arrived at the tomb first, uh, unless that was true? Uh, Sarah mentioned that they weren't considered as credible witnesses as others would have been. So if you wanted to make a stronger case, you might have made up something else. Why tell us that unless that's simply what happened? That the women arrived there, uh, first of all, and they were given... Uh, the good news that Jesus had risen. Uh, there have been lots of um, very amusing uh, memes and fun uh, things around on social media over the past few weeks. This is one that I really enjoyed. Uh, um, I thought I'd uh, share it with you. For those of you who've been doing lots of online video calls, uh, here it is. Uh, how to faithfully celebrate Easter this year. Only women on the Zoom call. Call is scheduled before dawn. We speak only of impossible things that would topple the empire. I really enjoyed that. If you've been doing lots of Zoom calls like I have, uh, but it's a great reminder that this is the, uh, the reality that Luke gives us here. What else would explain the stone having been moved away from the entrance to the tomb? This enormous rock that has been rolled away. How else do we explain the uh, tomb being open like that? No one else would have had reason uh, to want to do that. How else do we explain uh, the body and the grave clothes? This is the one I think that gets me the most. Uh, if you think about it, if somebody had come to steal the body, why would they take the body but leave the grave clothes behind? Surely you would just take the body and go as quickly as you could. But here we have the body is gone uh, and the grave clothes are still there. Nobody was able to uh, suddenly present the body and say we've actually got it. Uh, but the grave clothes were left. And I do often wonder why, why would that happen? Unless, says Luke, actually it was pointing to the reality of the resurrection. Now, even as I um, talk about some of these things, you might, we might naturally think to ourselves, well, OK, this happened a long time ago. And people in those days, well, they were just a bit more gullible and, uh, and, and, and easily led uh, than we are. We're, we're much cleverer now. We, we have um, far better minds and we can think these things through more and um, uh, in, in more sophisticated ways. Well, just think about it for a moment. I was asking myself that. Think about all the fake news that has been around now and the way in which uh, we believe things that have been spread about the coronavirus at the moment. Uh, there's been even the, uh, the incidents of... 5G phone masts being burnt because people uh, feared that they were spreading the virus. So sometimes I wonder, are we quite uh, as clever as we think we are? Uh, and 
what Luke is saying here is that people then uh, were just as sceptical, just as unsure, just as uncertain and wanted answers and details. We, the passage ends with Peter uh, going into the tomb, uh, uh, looking at the, the grave clothes and, and Luke says, wondering to himself what had happened. Could this possibly be true? And the early church was founded on a vivid belief in the resurrection. It made sense to them because they thought it through and they analysed and they asked the right questions. It made sense to them and it also made sense of them and their situation. And I wonder if that's the, the other clues that we might need to take on board. Say you're somebody who does find it uh, difficult to imagine the resurrection being possible. Luke might say, just look at the clues here. Look at the clues in, in what happened and look at the clues around us right now. Let me just give us two more. Firstly, the clue of feeling that death is wrong. I wonder if uh, you're somebody who is just more aware now of death than we have been in many recent years. It's all around us. And we sense, don't we, that uh, the ways in which death is, uh, is wrong and that it's cutting short and that it shouldn't happen in the way that it does. And it's a clue for us. And it's a clue for us that we're made for something beyond death. And a second clue that we live for and we're wired for hope. When you think about it, uh, we're, we're why, why are we wired for a hope beyond just this life? There was a great moment uh, a couple of uh, days ago at one of the uh, press briefings that happen every day. And one of the reporters said the country needs some hope as it heads into the Easter weekend. The country needs some hope as it heads into the Easter weekend. And the early church was built on that hope, the hope of the resurrected Jesus, that he came uh, and, and came back to life uh, in a resurrected body. And it drove everything they did and it caused them to pour themselves out for the lives of others because they knew that this life wasn't all there was. I wonder as we finish on this uh, Easter Sunday morning, I might put this question to you. How important is the resurrection to you? God bless you on this Easter morning.